Hey, welcome back, everybody. Time to grab your board, swim out into that sea of ideas, and see what's, uh, see what's riding the surf today here with the man who's always on top of the waves, Matt Hines. How are we doing, Paul? I'm doing good. You know, I always chuckle to myself here. I give people a little inside look at when we produce this radio show, but I get a little kind of rough script. We're sitting in two different places here, and so I have some cues and some direction, and it always says the same thing. The intro, it says, Paul banters with Matt, who is, and then there's a blank. So, <laughs> so I always feel like I should fill in the blank, you know, Matt, who is blank. Well, there are days when, Paul, I am blank. And, uh, you know, as, as work from home days kind of run, you know, into here over and over again, it's hard sometimes to not do that. But no, I, you mentioned, you know, the beach and the waves. I mean, so are the beaches open again down where you are? I know in some parts of the country we're starting to open that up. How are you guys doing? It's insane. Um, the contradictory signals seem to abound these days here. They, of course, shut the beaches down because they didn't want everybody. And then they shamed anybody who might venture out to the beach. And then they last week said... All right, as part of the initial reopening, we'll let you open the beach, but please don't crowd them. It's so you can walk. This isn't for putting out your tent and your uh, blanket and sitting there all day again. And what did people do? They packed to the beach. First hot weekend we had. And the governor literally came on the air the next day and said, come on. You know, I'm trying to do this sensibly, and you guys are acting stupidly. So I don't know. You know, it's just human nature, I guess. When they give you the all clear, you're like little kids. You just run back out there again. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that continues to evolve. I think, you know, up here in Washington, you know, the uh, slowly starting to open things up. Parks and golf courses are going to open next week. Uh, You know, we've already got construction that's restarting. So, you know, especially since the weather's nicer, the days are longer. Like, we just, we want to get outside. I hope we can can do that, but I also hope we can do that safely. Well, today you're going to talk about another pivot we're going to have to make. You know, are we just going to go back to the way things were, or are we going to pivot in marketing today here? I know you're talking with Kevin about that, so I'll let you jump into that. That's, That's another whole topic. Oh, we got a lot we can talk with our guests in today, uh, but very excited to welcome everyone to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. I appreciate everyone joining us. The number of people joining us live on the Funnel Media Radio Network continues to increase as people work from home and appreciate if you're helping us break up the middle of your work day. For those of you listening to us on the podcast, thank you so much for subscribing. The numbers continue to grow there as well. So very exciting and humbling to see that. And if you like this episode and want to hear more of what we've been up to, we've got over 200 episodes uh, available on demand. And every episode in the future will be available at uh, salespipelineradio.com. We are featuring every week some of the best and brightest minds in sales and marketing. Today is no different. Kevin Morasco is the CMO at Zenefits. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate you having me on. Hope you guys are doing well. How are you doing? Uh, we're hanging in there. You know, Heinz Homeschool's off the rails, but you know, as I mentioned before, the, 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 it's getting a little warmer outside. We're spending a little more time outside getting the garden up and running, trying to do some things that, you know, at least around the house to just kind of keep us sane, keep us active, keep us uh, feeling a little normal. So it's, it's been good. I know you're in San Francisco, so you're in, you know, East Coast, so it's very similar rules to what we have. How has shelter in place been for you guys? It's been interesting. I think first, yeah, big change very quickly. We were one of the first cities to go into shelter in place. Uh, so we pretty quickly mobilized, but uh, I think folks are starting to adapt. There's definitely a bit of Zoom fatigue and seeing, it's interesting. Um, I go for a long run every weekend. I've done this for years, and I would say you know, over the past month on my weekend runs, the traffic out, people out biking and running and, and doing things is probably up two to three X than like the normal weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's having an interesting effect. I think people definitely have a little cabin fever, myself included. But I think people are adapting and starting to see some, you know, light at the uh, end of the tunnel. 
Well, I think, and you mentioned sort of, you know, you guys were one of the earliest to go shelter in place. And that was a pretty big shift, right? I mean, you know, to go from, you know, being able to go out and go to restaurants and all of a sudden we're asked to stay home unless we got to get food or go to go to, you know, get, uh, you know, go to the doctor. And I think you know, on the marketing side, we saw it was kind of somewhat different, right? I mean, beginning of the year, Q1 started kind of normal. February is pretty normal. Then all of a sudden, over the course of March, not only did we have different work environments, but a lot of field events shut down, events shut down. And it, it sort of created this interesting opportunity within marketing. I hate to use the word opportunity in a, you know, when so many people are sort of being affected adversely by this, both, you know, economically and with their health and with uh, everything else. But we were talking before the show about what exponential changes need to happen in marketing and can happen in marketing. You know, the fact that if you were counting on trade shows and thinking, well, how do we get more people to our booth or how do we get more people to, how do we give a better Chosky? That's sort of interesting incremental advantages. If you have to rethink your entire field marketing strategy overall, if you just said, well, what if we just didn't do those trade shows that we all secretly hate? What would that look like? And we had talked previously about the same thing around MQLs, right? I mean, what if we just completely change what we focus on? So I'm curious to hear from you, like, what are some things that you guys have been doing and some pivots you've made that maybe have been precipitated or accelerated by current market conditions that are actually going to create a better new normal for them? Yeah, it's, it's been really interesting. I have to tell you, I've been through the, the past couple downturns. Um, things changed a bit after 9-11 and obviously the financial you know, meltdown. And those all had a big impact. I've never seen, however, anything like this. It's just so unique. I think we're going through that as a society, certainly as a country and globally. And so there's just so many unique impacts to this. And it just overnight just transformed everything. So I think I kind of thought about it like at four layers in terms of pivots we've made from a business down into marketing and kind of how we've approached this. And for a little context, our organization, we have about half a dozen offices in three countries. So U.S., Canada, India, and then even within the United States, we're spread out. So our headquarters is here in San Francisco, but we have an office in Scottsdale, Arizona, and then in North Carolina. So immediately, the first thing is making sure our employees are safe, healthy, and doing the right thing for them, and doing that across a distributed organization. That's kind of the first thing. And then I think the second thing was our business plan. You know, we just, to your point, come out of, you know, Q1 planning, have a plan that's locked and loaded, all that work that went into it, and it's just thrown out the window. Like, okay, whatever the plan was, it is gone. It has to be transformed. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like the second phase. And, you know, we're in more of a marketing driven business where 90 plus percent of the revenue is driven from marketing. So we had to play an active part in pivoting that plan. What should the new plan be in a state that's you know very difficult to plan? And then the next, I think two layers are one, you know, the customers, right? Doing the right thing for the customers. And then the, the marketing kind of attached to that, changing basically everything from segmentation to targeting to approaches to channels to you know, even taxonomy and things like that. But if there's one theme there, I'd say it was like we went into what I call help mode. Instead of trying to market and sell, it's really just all about helping. And um, you know, a number of things were perhaps a little bit unique. I wouldn't say we're on the front lines like many organizations helping, like in healthcare and things like that, but we have over 10,000 small businesses, and this is impacting them in a great way. And we impact um, healthcare benefits, payroll, things like that, that overnight had major changes. So we worked with about half a dozen insurance carriers to open up emergency open enrollment periods so that hundreds, if not thousands, of employees could get coverage when they previously did not. We had to work on all the new payroll tax, time regulations, payroll loans, and things like that. So there's a ton of work to do from a product marketing perspective. We rechanged our offering. So for customers, we gave them free product. We have a well-being product that helps monitor and measure 
employee stress, anxiety, and well-being. And as companies go instantly into remote work, it has all these obvious implications. So we wanted to basically give this product to all of our customers for free. And then we've also offered free payroll for um, small businesses. So those were a few of the things. And then I think from a marketing perspective, you know, in addition to the packages and offering and pricing implications, the main things we try to do is just just help these companies. So, you know, a piece of this is like our content marketing strategy, like providing information of how small businesses can access government relief, the PPP loans, et cetera, and then just kind of how to quickly go to a completely digital, remote, work-from-home environment, a um, ton of regulatory changes that have happened over the past 60 days that offer some assistance, tax deferrals and things like that. And companies are just scrambling to keep up with that. And so like our media site, uh, we publish about four times a day. We just stopped like our current calendar and went into just covering and helping with you know, everything we could from how to deal with uh, health implications, how to communicate with your workforce, how to access the loans. We were working basically directly with the SBA and in some cases, even state governor's offices. And so just, you know, rapid, rapid changes really in everything. And then, of course, all the obvious, you know, impact to our marketing channels and things like that. Talking to me on Sales Platform Radio with Kevin Morasco. He's the Chief Marketing Officer at Zenefits. And that's a lot of change. I mean, like that's, you know, you're changing how you communicate with customers and changing your content strategy. Talk about managing your team through that, right? You probably have people that are sort of experiencing sort of things in their personal lives that are worried, you know, have an increased level of anxiety overall about the world around them and now have to completely reinvent and redo and pivot a lot of the work they're doing. As a marketing leader, how do you manage your team through that successfully? I think it starts with empathy and understanding the individuals and where they are and even your teams and where they are. So I kind of found a couple of situations. We have folks, you know, part of our team is highly distributed. They're used to working from home, albeit in a little bit different circumstances. And the thing with them is kind of helping make sure they're comfortable and kind of have good balance and or taking some activities besides work. The second, another cohort, and we have some folks in certain roles, like all of our SDRs and things like that, and most of them are used to working in office. So this is like their first time doing this. So it's helping them with just some of the basics. So there's a lot of more constant check-ins with them and their managers, et cetera, and kind of helping them get set up into this new operating rhythm. Mm-hmm. And then there's some folks that are kind of between the two. And so I think the first thing is sympathizing, understanding where they are, being flexible, I would say is probably one of the biggest things. So we've completely kind of changed, you know, try to be super flexible in schedules with, sounds like you have Heinz homeschool there. I have uh, Marasco daycare going on here. And, uh, you know, just being understanding and accommodating of that. Hey, kids are going to pop on calls and there's going to be, you're going to hear trolls music playing in the background and, and, uh, and letting people be as flexible as they can in the, in, you know, with their schedule. So that's a few of the things that, that we've done in, you know, regularly checking in, you know, at an individual level to see how people are and how we can help. Well, I hope that that's something that continues moving forward. I was on a webinar, I was moderating a webinar right before this, and we had one of the panelists, you know, working from home. His wife teaches in the music department for a local university and was doing finals for her vocalist students. Because every once in a while, you would hear people doing scales on the level behind him. And one of the other panelists said, you know, we, we do things from home occasionally, and, you know, we would chew people, chew our kids out of the room. Now we're like, oh, now come in, whatever. Like, it's, you know, you're not going to have full control over that, but that's what makes us human. That what's makes, that's what makes this life. I think there's a humanization of b2b that i think has happened organically through all of this that i hope sticks around in some form i think it just makes things more interesting and makes us more engaging overall on both sides we have to take a quick break pay some bills we'll be back with more with kevin we're gonna be talking more about 
pivots, adjustments, and we'll be talking about exponential versus incremental change in how we manage marketing moving forward. We'll be right back. Sales Pipeline Radio. How do you continue to drive predictable revenue in an increasingly unpredictable time? Creating a revenue growth engine is no small task, nor is it one that can be done overnight. And these days, it can feel harder than ever to hit your stride. So how can you overcome the obstacles? Read the new research report on the state of predictable revenue growth from Sixth Sense and Heinz Marketing. Get it now at hub.sixcents.com slash PRG. That's hub.sixcense.com slash PRG. Okay, back with Matt and his guest. And I'd love to hear you guys answer quickly the question you just posed as we were headed towards the break here. Is this really permanent exponential change, or was this an incremental change towards more Zoom meetings or whatever? Did, did We went through something absolutely mind-boggling once in a lifetime again here, and it feels like exponential change, but I wonder in the long term if it really is. What do you guys think? I think it's a 100% permanent change. There will certainly be, I think, things that go, you know, that go back. There's a lot of things we want to go back very quickly. But I kind of see an analogy between, you know, 9-11, security and flying was never the same. I think we actually improved in some areas, like we learned, right? And then same thing with the financial meltdown, you know, buying a house wasn't quite the same afterwards. And I think we'll come out of this with a lot of lessons and, and some things that hopefully as a society, et cetera, we get better. I think we've learned a lot of things from uh, healthcare, et cetera, but also from a business and, and certainly from a marketing standpoint. And I think remote work, I think work will totally shift. And a lot of the folks we're talking with kind of have similar points of view, just kind of one thing we're seeing and we're considering in our go forward strategy is in our office locations, we have a certain amount of, of burden and overhead significant with the food and the catering and the real estate and the maintenance, et cetera. And now with everyone working remote, we're actually seeing an increase in productivity and tracking all of our metrics. Now we have to balance that productivity with like making sure that people are healthy and balanced and, you know, taking time to get outside and go for a walk. So there's a new operating rhythm that we have to, and new tools and mindset I think we need. But I think to think that people are going to go just back to in-office work in all functions and locations, I think is going to be different. It, there's some benefits to employees in terms of flexibility. Um, there's some drawbacks that we need to be able to manage, but I don't see it going back the same personally. I think there's going to forever be changes. And I think one thing on the marketing, on the marketing side, I hope that we continue with more of this helping approach and more empathy and not just kind of the old school sales and marketing, but more of a helpful approach to helping our customers and prospects. And I hope that endures. So everybody's not just headed back to the beach like they did last weekend here in Southern California. What do you think, Matt? (laughs) Exponential or incremental? Probably a little bit of both. I mean, I don't think anyone wants things to go back to the way they were before. Because I think everyone I talk to sees part of their lives before as things that they didn't really love anyway. Like yesterday, I was on an event with a bunch of CMOs and, you know, we were talking. One of the questions that went around the room was, what's something that you don't miss from your old world that you hope could permanently change? And a lot of conversations had to do with commute. People that say, like, I commute an hour and a half from my house into my job every day. Or one person says, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I get on a 5.30 a.m. flight every Monday to go to the West Coast for the majority of the week. And not that they're going to not make that trip occasionally, but you need to do that every week. 
now that you've been doing it from home for five weeks, do you realize that you can be just as effective or, as Kevin said, more effective when you're at home, when you've got a little more time, when you're a little more comfortable, when you've got a little less stress, when you feel like you can actually take care of your family a little better, a little more easily, a little more efficiently? So I agree with Kevin. I think there are going to be things that, look, I mean, after 9-11, like going through security, going through airports became more annoying, but we're safer because of it. Now it's just the new normal. It's just part of how we do things. So I think things will change for sure. I have yet to see sort of the shakeout of what those things are going to be and what work's going to look like. But we're doing the same thing. I mean, we've got a, you know, we're a small office. We're 12 people. And I really, really enjoy spending time in the office with people. I enjoy leaving my house to go to work. I enjoy having a place where we can get together and do brainstorming and do all hands meetings and do team lunches. But do we all have to be there every day from nine to five? No. That's an old construct that, I mean, at least for us as a consulting firm, I mean, if you're in manufacturing, like we have a couple, we have clients in manufacturing, they got to go build stuff together. Uh, we don't have to do that, right? And so I think there are a lot of things that are going to change. One of the things, Kevin, we talked about beforehand as well is there are things that aren't necessarily tied to the pandemic and the pandemic-related changes we're making in terms of working at home that are sometimes worth looking at if we're changing a bunch of other things. And so the idea of sort of the venerable marketing qualified lead and the fact that, you know, marketing, you know, demand marketers are often measured by how many people they get to fill out forms and complete, you know, and to, to request white papers. I could argue that that has been either antiquated and or a vanity metric for quite some time. But is there value in using this moment in this kind of semi-pause in business to really sort of rip the bandaid off even further on some of those antiquated practices so we come out of this more efficient, even more efficient? Absolutely. I think there are a lot of things we could take this opportunity to say, why are we actually doing this? Is it working? Is it not? Is there a better way to do it? And that could be anything from your, you know, to your point earlier about your field marketing strategy to lead taxonomy. And that's an area, you know, you and I were talking about, like, we actually got rid of the MQL. Uh, we just call mm -hmm. them QLs. And I kind of come back to the, you know, when it first came out, what was the purpose of it? Well, it was to have more of a manufacturing type approach to creating demand and you definitely need stages just like you have sales stages you need a demand funnel with stages entry exit criteria and clear definitions so the the thought process behind it was good i think what i saw happen i've seen this in a few you know organizations i've been in is it then created some issues with what i call lead discrimination and that's um, behavior either being gamed or discrimination of certain types of leads based on their type. And it could be, is this an MQL versus an SQL versus a PQL versus an AQL? By the way, the same thing with what channel it came from, perhaps the campaign source, the timing of the age, et cetera, et cetera. We're in a better place where we have more data and tools and insights where we can see things like intent levels, et cetera, that we should use those signals instead of surfacing ones that could be easy to discriminate. I think that's, that's kind of the situation with the MQL. I could get in some of the stories of some of the challenges that it has created in PathWise, but ultimately we got rid of it, so everyone's kind of focused on the same goals. Yes, there's double-click tracking into you know, attribution, what source, but now the other thing is there's so many additional ways we're qualifying. We're trying to do all of them through automation, through in the product, through sales touches, marketing touches, and I think that's definitely one that uh, I would consider people to rethink. If you're going to do that in an organization, and I'm fully on board with doing it, I think it's a huge step forward for marketing teams. You have to do it. To do it successfully, you have to do it in concert with sales, understanding what you're doing and how you're doing it. What What did you do with the sales organization to make that transition successful? What are some lessons or implications that other people that may be thinking about ripping that bait off and getting rid of sort of form fills and MQLs as the primary metric? How do you do that with sales to make it successful? 
think the first thing is aligning on with their goals and so that you have a shared set of outcomes, ideally tied to revenue, to bookings, and then the double click of you know metrics behind that. Uh, depending on your go-to-market model, your motion, um, that could be pipeline, it could be, you know, QL in our case. And uh, just to put it in perspective, like what we've done, we kind of have three main channels. We have a self-serve model that marketing owns end-to-end, including the close and the, and the number. We have a highly transactional SMB cell for, in our case, companies that have under 100 employees. And so we create the demand, we qualify it to our SDR team, and then we hand it off to AEs for the close of two-week cycle. And there we're looking at the SQOs, the number of opportunities, demos set and then held, and then basically the equivalent of moved in the pipeline, but it's transactional. So we're not looking at dollar pipeline, but the opportunities. And that's kind of the metric we align on with sales in that case. And then the third case we have is a more in our case, a little bit closer to a more of an enterprise motion. It's a lightweight solution cell, over 100 employees. And there we're lining, we're setting the demos. There's a little bit more work in supporting that through the sales cycle, but we're you know, line, We're basically looking at both pipeline and then, of course, the, the ARR, the, the conversion. So I think it starts with aligning on those metrics, and then you can kind of backtrack from there. But in my opinion, I found it's better to be less about, hey, was this created from marketing, from sales, from product, from automation, et cetera, and do we have do we have the appropriate volume and quality that we actually need? Got just a couple more minutes here before we have to wrap up with uh, our guest today, Kevin Marasco. He's the chief marketing officer for Zenefits, and I'm curious in this current time when you've got you know it sounds like you guys are continuing to sort of see some strong market demand, but I'm sure that there are many customers that are many prospects that just they're in a state of transition. Um, they may be interested, maybe just as interested, and have just as much demand. But sort of cash budget, not quite, not there right now. Are you doing anything differently to manage the interested but not ready crowd from those that are ready to buy, either from marketing or from a sales perspective? Yeah, absolutely. One of the first things we did while we were like completely pivot our content strategy, we pivoted all our outreaches too. So we rewrote all of our sequences, marketing and sales and, and SDRs in our model to be less, for lack of a better way, to describe just to be more helpful. And then folks that were kind of in the middle of a funnel, kind of the same approach. We tried to go to help, hey, here are some resources that you can use. It wasn't just about our products and services. It was genuinely to help. Like you're dealing with the coronavirus. You may not have an HR staff. Here's some templates you can use to communicate with your teams to keep a safe workplace. Um, many companies are struggling with funding. Here are some options for loan eligibility even though they were in the middle of a funnel. So if we can use this opportunity to, to help them and to build some trust and credibility when there is an opportunity to add value through our products and services, then hopefully we're top of mind and we continue to nurture and just continue to try to help them. I love it. Last question for you before we let you go. In this time, when I think a lot of sort of just work has been disrupted. You know, we were clearly not traveling as much, able to spend a little more time at home. Are there any habits or sort of other sort of focus areas that you created for yourself that you that you hope will be able to continue and when we do get back to some version of a new normal? That's a great question, Matt. Um, I think like everyone, there's been like the pluses and minuses. Yeah. And one challenge I've, you know, I've found it, I've had to kind of get a schedule. Like I some days wake up like, what day is it? I feel like I'm either in the <laughs> middle of some crazy sci-fi movie or in the middle of a business case study. The reality is probably a little bit of both. But the other day, I was like, what month is it? So I've kind of moved to a schedule. Um, we even do themes. So I do like Mexican Mondays and, or sorry, we do uh, 
marinara Monday, so we do like Italian night, like cook some Italian food, have some red wine, taco Tuesday, tacos and you know tequila, and do like a different theme. It just kind of helps to have some type of pattern given all the other patterns that are kind of out the window in terms of, you know, things we were mentioning earlier, like commuting and all that. And that's kind of helped with the family and just kind of having a routine and then trying to balance that with like blocking off time to help with the the kids and, and their schedules as well. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we're running out of time now. I want to thank our guest, Kevin Morasco, Chief Marketing Officer for Zenefits. Hopefully you've benefited from this conversation. If you'd like to share this discussion with others on your team, you can find this in a couple of days up at salespipelineradio.com. And we've got a great list of guests who will be joining us um, broadcasting from home uh, over the next few weeks. And uh, so we sort of figure out how we uh, sort of slowly get back out to the beach hall and uh, get back out to restaurants and do the things that we that we enjoy but for today, thank you, Kevin, for joining us. On behalf of my great producer, Paul, this is Matt Hines. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. And with that, we wrap up another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio right here on the Funnel Radio channel for at-work listeners like you.